sandwich. McDonald's spicy crispy chicken sandwich. And or filet of fish. Any two for just six bucks. Sounds really good, doesn't it? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. on everybody is we're back it's time for the binge boys podcast what up happy monday happy martin luther king jr day uh yes, all of you who had work off today nice uh i did not nope i was working today did you have work today matt i did full full day and everything same here it made me more depressed because like i've always had an mlk day off yep and for the first time not having a day off i was like damn startup life i guess I guess <laughs> MLK is rolling in his grave. Yeah. <laughs> he's not, he's rolling in his grave over other things. Not the fact That's that a good point. Yeah. On, on his day. Uh, what up, Mitch? What up? What up? Did you work today, Mitch? I, I did not work today. Bastard. I, I was, I was lucky enough to just be able to chill today. Cool. You know who else probably didn't work today? Ahsoka Tano. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Ahsoka definitely didn't have to work today, considering she's a fictional character, Mitch. (laughs) Do you think – I mean, I guess that's taking place before MLK was alive, so they probably don't have MLK Day in a galaxy far, far away. Is is, – does Star Wars take place in a period of time? I, a long time ago in a galaxy, in a galaxy far, far, far away. away. Yeah. <laughs> True, I guess. Yeah. It does. Everything takes place in a period of time, Logan. You're right. Well, I'm, I'm an idiot. What kind of question is that? But we're back for the binge boys. <laughs> Didn't think you were getting a Star Wars tangent about when MLK Day is in the in Star Wars universe. You got to think that, that the Empire is giving its associates MLK Day off. Maybe it's some sort of like droid version of MLK. Like, what if it's Jabba Day? <laughs> <laughs> not Jabba to MLK. That's not what I'm doing. I don't think that's great. Maybe we should <laughs> stop talking about this. I feel like Jabba the Hutt gave way less impactful speeches. <laughs> this is this is uh, has t- this tangent has taken a turn. <laughs> <laughs> Flirting with danger, but that's okay. Um, before we get into it. Make sure you go mash that follow button on Instagram. It's where you get the news, the updates, the reviews, all of the above. It's where you get cool stories. It's where you get to interact with us. Every once in a while, we'll ask you questions on the Instagram story and have you respond to them. Shout out to Tanner for for being the one person that responded to our listener questions question. Uh, Poetic Justice also did. Shouts to those guys. Oh, who else did? Poetic Justice. Oh, shouts to the Poetic Justice team. Did you screenshot those questions? I did. Oh, yeah. We'll do it later. Um, another day. That's today. We've got a fat lineup today, guys. We might as well just get right into it. Um, I'm about to, like, just rattle off headlines for the next, like, five minutes. So if you're ready for some headlines, get ready. Let the man cook. Let the man cook. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wait, what is that reference to? Just like you. Just go out. Go cook. Oh, like, you're, in okay. the, you're in the kitchen. Just okay. fired off headlines. Just, just cook just cooking it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, headline number one: Keg, Ke- Kegan. That's what a what a great way to start it off. Kevin Feige confirms that Deadpool three is going to take place in the MCU, and it will be rated R. Disney's first R rated MCU movie. Of course, Deadpool uh, is the perfect candidate for that slot. Collider's own Steve, can't pronounce that name, recently, Collider's own Steve uh, spoke with Kevin Feige in anticipation for WandaVision, and during their conversation, Feige gave a promising update on Deadpool 3, revealed when filming begins, and that it is a part of the MCU. That's right. When Deadpool 3 happens, it won't be some uh, 
some related property with a couple of jokes about the MCU. It will be full-blown in its MCU. However, Deadpool 3 filming won't be until at least 2022 with the earliest. In a quote directly from Feige, it says, It will be rated R and we are working on a script right now and Ryan's overseeing a script. It will not be filming this year. Ryan is a very, very busy, successful actor. We've got a number of things we've already announced that we will have to make and exciting for it to begin. Again, a very different type of character in the MCU and Ryan is a force of nature and it's awesome to see him bring that character to life. Boom. That was headline number one. Headline number two. Bethesda is making an Indiana Jones game. Bethesda, studio behind Fallout and the Elder Scrolls, Wolfenstein, and other crazy popular video game franchises. We know nothing about the game. The the publisher uh, teased a video on their Twitter slash Instagram as well. And it's just like a, almost like a, it almost looked like an opening cinematic for like, like, you know, when you start up a video game and you get, like, the the publishers that are involved, their little logo action screens or whatever. Um, it almost looked like the intro for that where it showcases a whip and it shows a man grabbing the whip and it shows the fedora. Uh, and it was just announced last week. We have no information about the game, what it's called, what platforms it's on. It doesn't even have a title. We're just calling it the Indiana Jones Project. So... Shouts to Indiana Jones. Hopefully, it's gonna be badass. You gotta think it. You gotta think it will be being made by Bethesda. I can't uh, wait for the hide in the fridge sequence. <laughs> uh, it, uh, keeping it on the video game, uh, the video game headline. Headline number three: Ubisoft is part- partnering with Lucasfilm to create a massive open world Star Wars game. Massive Entertainment, one of the award-winning studios at that owned by Ubisoft, is collaborating with Lucasfilm Games on a new story-driven game set in the Star Wars universe. Quote, the vast Star Wars lore is an incredible source of inspiration for our teams. This is the beginning of a long-term collaboration with Disney and Lucasfilm Games, and we are pleased to be working with uh, we are pleased to be working hand in hand to build upon the incredible legacy of Lucasfilm to create a game that we know Star Wars fans will love. There are a few details currently about the game at this point, including the time period and uh, the characters that will be included. Uh, let's see, let's see, going off of that. How can you just, how can you say that and then not, say where it takes place fuck them fuck you techguide.com moving on (laughs) last week headlines were made everywhere saying that chris evans is going to be reprising his role as captain america in the mcu as most of you know from seeing endgame and if you haven't seen endgame congratulations you're the two people on on planet earth that haven't seen avengers endgame (sighs) ha Chris Evans is cleaning the dust off his Captain America shield to reprise the role in the MCU in some form. It's vague whether the deal is closed, but insiders say it's headed in that direction for Evans to appear as Steve Rogers in at least one Marvel property with the door open for another property. It's unlikely that it will be a third Captain America, or sorry, a fourth Captain America movie and more likely to be something along the lines of how uh how Robert Downey Jr. appeared in Homecoming, uh kind of as almost as an advisor role. But it's interesting to see how or where, considering the fact that Cap is an old man uh in modern in present day. However, we will see uh about it going forward. And kind of following that up, Chris Evans responded to these rumors of Captain America, tweeting out literally just news to me with a shoulders shrugging emoji. So whether you want to speculate that Chris Evans usually is very upfront with his speculations and would either debunk them or confirm them right away, the fact that he's kind of teasing us here kind of makes me think that it's happening. But uh, we will see. Next headline, Ethan Hawke reportedly joins the cast of Marvel's Moon Knight series. Ethan Hawke, uh, 
uh, may play Moon Knight's arch nemesis uh, in the show. That's the headline. There's no details. He's a por- reportedly playing the lead villain. Uh, the bad guy's name is Raoul Bushman, a mercenary who betrays Moonlight Moon Knight for Egyptian gold. So, interesting to see if our boy Ethan Hawke will be involved in Moon Knight. And the last headline, kind of confirming a rumor that we speculated about a couple weeks ago. But Charlie Cox, the man who played Daredevil in the Marvel Netflix series, has reportedly finished filming his scenes as Daredevil for the Spider-Man sequel. Uh, We have a long list of reasons to be excited for Spider-Man 3. Uh, And one of them, at least also in my eyes, is that Matt Murdock, played by Charlie Cox, will be in the film. And apparently he's finished filming his scenes. We don't have a 100% confirmation, but uh, but this is but the fact that now they're reporting that he's done filming his scenes, I'm thinking we're going to see some Daredevil in, in Spider-Man 3. Here's my barometer for excitement. Is there any word on whether Ben Affleck has finished his scenes as Matt Murdock slash Daredevil? <laughs> no, however, how dope would it be if Ben Affleck appeared instead of Charlie Cox? I'm here for it. Uh, would love to see our boy Ben back in those tight. <laughs> Yep. You got to think he's not going to fit. <laughs> Considering not. He's a beefier guy now after playing other notable superhero Batman. <laughs> yeah. In hit movie Batman versus Superman, if if Logan has anything to say about it. No comment. Uh, <laughs> be on the be on the look, lookout for the last Friday of the month, by the way. Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice run through. Me and Matt debated yesterday. We recorded it yesterday. We debated it. We talked about some topics. We we kind of hashed it out. It's an hour. You won't believe it. It's a nice little epi. So last Friday of the month, run through for Batman versus Superman. Also, we teased it there. And ever since we teased it, it's been in my head. Matt and Mitch, I think we're going to have to do a run through, us three, of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy. So... All Keep right. an eye out on that. We'll figure out when we got to do that. That means we got to watch all three of those movies. And, uh, you know, sometimes I ask these guys to watch one movie for me, let alone three. So let's, so we'll take it one at a time. We'll take it one at a time. But, uh, but those are our headlines for the day. And now we can just get straight into uh, some reviewing and some, some other things. Uh, first up, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. I said at the top, uh, of a couple weeks ago that I was playing a bunch of PS5 games and I was going to give my take on them. And uh, next up is Black Ops Cold War. I finally dove into, if, in case anyone's wondering, they're not, in case you two are wondering, I finally dove into Valhalla, Assassin's Creed, over the weekend. And uh, man, oh man. It's going to be a minute before I can give some thoughts on it, but shit. Holy shit. It's, it's, it's a lot. Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. <laughs> you can refer to it as that. Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Maybe that'll be the soundbite for video games. Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Um, newest entry in the Call of Duty franchise, developed by Treyarch. Uh, it's Treyarch's turn. You know, usually it goes Infinity Ward, Treyarch, and then I think a few years ago they added in Sledgehammer games to, to have their pick at a Call of Duty game every three years. Well, this year we got Treyarch, so that means we got Campaign, Multiplayer, and Zombies. I won't marinate on this too long, kind of just give general thoughts. Maybe the thing I'll spend the least amount of time on is the multiplayer. Listen, it's Call of Duty multiplayer. If you're good, you're going to do good. If you suck, you're not going to have fun. (laughs) Um, This time around, they kind of integrate it with Warzone. So if you like Warzone, like... I do, and I know Mitch does, and I don't. Matt, do you do you ever dabble with Warzone? It's been a minute, but uh, but I have dabbled in the past very poorly. We should we should squat up and play. Some play. <laughs> um, man, I'm hungry. That was random. <laughs> Shout out to roommate Turner for cooking in the back. Um, I man cook. Let the <laughs> <laughs> um. So Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. 
Multiplayer, it's fun. It's the most fun I've had with Call of Duty multiplayer in a long time. I'm always generally better at Treyarch's Call of Duty games versus Infinity Ward and the other publishers. Um, so I enjoy myself quite a bit when I'm playing Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War multiplayer. Um, nothing much to report. A lot of customization, a lot of freedom, no jumping on walls, no wall running, just very much so boots on the ground multiplayer, which I enjoy personally. Um, If I want to play a game where I'm running on walls, I'm going to throw in Halo or Titanfall. Titanfall is so sick, the way that they do like running on walls and shit. I'm going to just let Titanfall be its own thing and let Call of Duty be its own thing, personally. I I don't know. Um, Next up, Campaign which is the real thing that I'm reviewing because because uh, that's the thing that I, I personally enjoy playing the campaigns. Matt, Mitch, whenever you guys get COD, do you ever play the campaign? Every time before I do the online. Yeah, normally every time uh, I play online, I'll play the campaign. But I would, I would say for this past, for like Modern Warfare, I played like a couple of the missions and then just jumped right into to the online. Yeah. I've I I used to do the same thing that you did, Matt. I would I would try to I used to fake stick to play Call of Duty when it came out in like middle school. So I'd play the make sure I play the campaign all in one like that day I played played stick, so that like by the time my friends got the game, I could just play multiplayer and never yep. had to go back and forth between the two. Um, but I played the campaign this time around, and uh, I'll tell you this: Call of Duty campaigns usually average around. Maybe eight hours of, of mm-hmm. gameplay. This one was like five. It was Dude, a very, very short short deal with all these short campaigns. It was a short campaign. Um, they got very much so to the point. The campaign is all about you know you know the Black Ops series by now. It's all about covert ops and conspiracies and flaws in the U.S. or or in foreign governments. Uh, and this one goes right into it. Opening mission, you get an awesome cutscene, I might add, with Ronald Reagan. It almost looked like they digitally recreated the dude because it looks so real. And maybe that's just me being blessed with PS5 graphics. But he he looks damn good. Um, and he's just like, there's some, there's some secret operations going on. And we need you. We need you to get into it. And you, you crushed that. Did I crush that? That was like my, I think that's the first time I've ever attempted a Ronald Reagan impression. Good job. The Yipper would be proud. <laughs> the Yipper. That's um, what he was called. Or the Gipper. The Gipper? Really? I never heard this. I could be talking. I'll, I'll circle okay. back. Fact, fact check me, man. Um, pretty basic. You know, you're just doing cool shit. Like awesome set pieces. You know, the Call of Duty games are like the Fast and Furious franchise. Each year they find a way to do something bigger and crazier. Like there was the one year, the Modern Warfare game that you would like. Wasn't one of them you were like doing like warfare in space? You're like on the internet international space station. You're like flying <laughs> zero gravity warfare and shit. And like, yeah, I think so. And the next game, you're like doing underwater warfare and shit. Like they <laughs> this year they kind of scaled it back because the Cold War. For those of you who don't know, I'm sure most of you do. They say that the Cold War was the war that not a bullet was ever fired. It was just like blank threats between the U.S. and Russia about like launching nuclear strikes or whatever. This, so they basically had to make up a campaign out of thin air um, without like historical events to go off of. Um, And they did fine. I mean, it was fun for the four and a half, five hours it took. Um, I'll say that the missions are less linear. Like they're very much so like, uh, instead of like you having to follow the main character through like a series of hallways and then there's a big open fire room and then there's more hallways, big open fire room, hallways, big open fire room. Um, it, it's They kind of just give it to you. They kind of allow you to go on like side missions and shit. Like there's like in other, in other missions you can find like Intel and you can like stack those Intel's to to unlock other side missions. Like if I'm doing a, a mission about freeing a hostage and I go in the other room and I find some intel about more hostages, um, 
like if I unlock or if I collect every so much of those scattered throughout the other campaign levels, it'll unlock a side mission where I have to go rescue those hostages, um, which is kind of cool, kind of encouraging you to go find the collectibles. Whereas in the other games, they would just like put collectibles in levels. And if you found them, cool. If you didn't, like no sweat. So that's kind of like what they did here. So they kind of encourage you to collect things, which is kind of nice. But yeah, man, it was just really freaking short. When it ended, I was like, really? That's it? Uh, it's like 10 missions, and each mission is like anywhere from 20 minutes to 40 at the most. So it, it four or five hours, really. You could really nail this in like four or five hours if you really went through it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if you played it on a harder difficulty, it would take you a lot longer. I played on regular, so not the easiest, but like the third hardest, or yeah, third from like the hardest difficulty. So I mean, the campaign's cool. Uh, the real selling point in this game, to be for me, to be honest, is the zombies. Um, Treyarch always finds a way to do really fun zombies because um, they're the ones that created it in the first place in World at War. Throwback to that game. Um, this is, the zombies in this game is fun. I'll, I'll, I'll say it. Zombies in this game is really fun. Really fun to play with your friends. Um, the night I got it, I played with my brother and cousin, and we got to like round forty. I'll say that that the the it's easier to survive longer in this zombies iteration. However, there's more for you to do versus like survive. Like you can like there's incentive to collect things around the map that will let you upgrade your weapon variants, and your weapons will become stronger. And then there's the pack-a-punch thing. And then you can, like, craft different weapons or different, like, materials. Like, uh, you can, like, craft grenades. And, like, you you kind of... I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain. They just give you more shit to do than, like, just buying guns off the wall and telling you to survive for as long as you can. Um, Another really cool feature they introduced this time around was the X-Fill feature. So... If you're playing with your buddies, just picture me, Matt, and Mitch. We're playing, we're playing, we're playing, and we get to round like 30. And Matt's like, okay, I don't see a point of us continuing um, because, like, we all have the most powerful guns. Uh, like, we're OP. We're never going to die, essentially. Um, you can – you get the option to leave but claim victory. You know, the only – the only way that you could leave a zombies game back in the day was either dying and you would lose uh, or just quitting and you would lose. Well, now you can win by every 10 rounds. So on 10 and then on 21, 31, 41, and then so on and so forth, you have the option to exfil. And what happens when you exfil is you go up to the little radio and you call for help and then help comes. But when help comes, you're faced with like a zombie horde, like unlike like anything you've ever seen in any of the games, like almost like World War Z level shit where they're like climbing on each other to try to get to you. So you essentially have to like go to a landing zone, throw down smoke and wait for the chopper to come. And when the chopper does come, you all hop on the chopper and then, oh my God, they're having engine problems. So as soon as they're having engine problems, you're just like, mowing them down so you can fail the exfil and and then die in result um so you you so you can't just like it's not just like a press x to leave and then the okay. game you got to earn the the exfil so does the exfil get harder as you like progress through the levels like is it scaled to you or is it like always like a set difficulty so you're just really trying to get powered up enough to to get past that the exfil yeah it's it it gets I mean, harder as you get for like if I exfilled at round ten versus round fifty, yeah, like the the fifth the level fifty exfil is going to be bonkers, yeah, um, and it is bonkers. <laughs> uh, me and my cousin and brother exfilled at forty one, I think, and um, it, it was absolutely insane. Like I'm pretty sure I died and they were able to leave, but like my character lost, but they won. And when you win, you double the XP that you earned during the game as if, if you would have lost. Ah. So, and that's another thing I forgot to mention. Campaign and multiplayer, your rank is now one rank. 
across, sorry, zombies, multiplayer, and Warzone, your rank is consistent throughout. So if all you do is play zombies, and then you decide to one day play multiplayer, your level is going to show up as 500 in the multiplayer level because you played all zombies. <laughs> so so it's it's consistent throughout. So like my cousin is like third prestige, but that's because all he does is play zombies. So it it kind of varies. So it it's cool. It's a lot of fun. It's probably the most fun minus the campaign I've had with a COD game in a while. Um, flaws, I would say, short campaign, uh, very limited multiplayer maps as well. They may, they have like ten without DLC, which is kind of small. They usually have like twenty five before DLC, um, and then zombies. Only one zombie map. They usually give like three options at launch there's only one which kind of blows but throughout the season they're putting out a lot of free content like to go along with warzone so you're gonna see less and less dlc and more just hey buy our ten dollar battle pass and you get all of the you know all of the shit instead of here buy our thirty dollar dlc pack every six months or something so Mm -hmm. so i went ahead and bought the battle pass because i played enough to for that to be worthwhile to me um, yeah, I I bought the battle pass, uh, and I don't have Black Ops, <laughs> so me being a dumbass thinking that the battle pass was going to be like tandem with Modern Warfare, like because in the past, the past couple of seasons on Modern Warfare, the battle pass had like some pretty, you know, like good blueprints and and they give you like basically enough coins to buy the battle pass again, um, but. This season, I was like, "Oh, sweet! They're doing like they're doing like a tandem with Black Ops. There'll probably be some pretty cool stuff in this battle pass." So I bought it, not knowing that all of the weapons <laughs> and blueprints and all of that stuff is basically only for Black Ops. So it's like the only time I can use any of those guns or rank up any of those weapons is in Warzone, and I don't play enough Warzone to, to, to do that shit. So I feel like I, I wasted, I think I spent like 20 bucks on the Battle Pass to like get like the tier skips. Yeah, I did that too. I got the tier skips. And so now I'm just like, well, let me just make enough or like get to the point where I can buy next season's Battle Pass. Yeah. Maybe it'll be better. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, only a few flaws with the new COD, short campaign, limited maps, but other than that, it's really fun. Um, of course, with the integration of Warzone, Zombies, multiplayer campaign, there's there's not something, you can't, if, if you got the new COD and claim your board, uh, there's always something to do. Um, so excited to see what new maps come of it. The first, the, the zombie map that it comes with at launch it's kind of cool. It's the OG map from World at War, only like, you know, because World at, you know, obviously that game takes place in World War II. Um, it's that map, but 30 or 40 years later, whenever the Cold War goes down. Okay. Plus, uh, so like you see like that it's aged and there's graffiti on the walls and, but then also the outside around that map. So you get That's to explore cool. underneath it and then above it and around it it's it's cool so it's a it's a cool like revisit to the og very Uh, sick so cod black ops cold war gets it gets a four out of five for me if it had a good campaign it would have probably almost maybe hit a five out of five but what are you gonna do they're not all they're not all winners (laughs) (laughs) you guys want to talk about this uh there, you know, one of the greatest athletes of of modern history, maybe of all time, uh, had a documentary released about him over the past couple weeks. It's called Tiger. You know, what's funny is this time last year, we were all hyping up a documentary series about another Tiger. But this time it's over someone that we actually give a shit about and not Joe Exotic. Oh, my king. <laughs> so, yeah, those of you who don't know, Tiger Woods got a documentary about him on HBO Max. It's called Tiger. There's two parts of it. Part one aired two weeks ago. Part two aired last night. We watched it. 
We have thoughts about it. Matt, you gave this documentary a four out of five. Yeah, man. Tell us your thoughts and then tell us why it didn't get that extra five out of five. So, yeah, I think it does a really good job of bringing uh, people up to speed, such as myself. You know, I was definitely familiar with Tiger Woods as an icon, but less so like specifically why he was. And it's essentially because he is just the most dominant athlete in their particular craft. Like just some of the runs he went on were just incredible. And just digging into the reasons like how he got there is like all the stuff with his dad basically turning him into <laughs> into a golf playing machine um and then just how it all kind of unraveled for the man for for a while there just his his struggles with um wanting all of the women literally all of them <laughs> uh and yeah i think so a lot of really good um interviews and footage um what kept it from getting the the perfect five out of five for me? Um, it was just like a couple like small things. I think they really like definitely after seeing the last dance um, and just like the unfettered access they had to to Michael Jordan. Like I felt like he said pretty he they asked him pretty much anything they want, and then they aired like more of it than I was kind of expecting. Um, Whereas, spoiler alert for this, I guess, they interview Tiger for, like, and he has, like, two minutes, like, of screen time and just delivers basically a nothing answer. Um, doesn't really, you know, peel the curtain back at all. And I feel like that when you're doing a documentary like this, like, direct input from the subject, if you're going to get him on the record, like, you got to go a little bit further. Um, and then I think some... Um, just like some of the information um, wasn't, it, it was kept a little bit too subjective. Like there were some things that they were still like seemingly saying like, Oh, these are just like, there's just like rumors on these. Like we don't really know like what happened when like, there has to be some kind of like official record, like with the, uh, when he crashed his car after his uh, wife likely was beating on it with a golf club, but they, the most definitive thing they gave us was a, uh, Taiwanese uh, news recreation that was very funny and just looked like a scene from The Sims. Uh, so, yeah, for those reasons, that's why it's a it's a four out of five for me. Um, Logan, I think I just saw you send a message saying that uh, I convinced you to uh, to bump it down to a four out of five as well. Yeah, I, I originally came in hot and gave it a five out of five because I really really liked it. Um, I played a good bit of golf. For a lot of my time, and I don't want to sit here and and get on a soapbox and pretend like Tiger Woods was like an idol for me because he certainly wasn't. However, like he is the Michael Jordan of of golf, right? Like, yeah. it's not even close. The greatest golfer of all time, not even close. Right. Um, I mean, some would say that, but some would say otherwise. That yeah. he's not necessarily the best yet. Jack Nicholas, yeah, that yeah. there's that case that True. Nicholas True. is still the best of all time. True, modern golfer, we could say that. Yeah, maybe maybe the best modern, yeah, uh, modern day golfer, um, Tiger Woods. But, huh, but yeah, the reason it doesn't get the five out of five, I think, was because, like you said, the last when you compared it to the Last Dance, it almost lit a a light bulb in my head that the Last Dance had a crazy amount of footage of them talking to Michael Jordan. Um, And that's what I think made it better that we got his point of view on a lot of things. Whereas we got Tiger Woods in the, in the second part for probably five minutes, like maybe probably less like two and a half minutes of screen time. Um, And I think maybe they, part of me wants to think that they did that on purpose or maybe he just declined to to, to speak about it. I, I doubt. I mean, I, I don't know why. I mean, the dude came back full circle and won the Masters last year. So I, what the, what's what's he got to hide? I, I, he's pretty but- – I mean, that's the thing. He's pretty, like, buttoned up. Like, he's never really been, like, super comfortable, like, talking. Like, basically in any interview they showed him, he just looked super uncomfortable. And that's the thing, too, is I – didn't realize that he was as socially awkward as he is. Yeah. Like, 
they show the fact that when he was a kid, he was kind of quirky and weird and kind of not popular. And I don't know. Maybe I just assumed because he was the greatest athlete in, in his craft that the dude can't be socially awkward, especially with the amount of press and whatever that this guy gets. But I, I don't know. I just I, I it doesn't get a five out of five for me because of the lack of Tiger Woods in the Tiger Woods documentary. Um, it'd be different. Uh, if they called it Tiger, like a story about Tiger Woods, yeah. If if you're gonna call it Tiger, like give us the more Tiger of like Tiger Woods, like crying and saying like I can't believe I did that or or whatever. But like, but no, like our opening scene is just him. I'm pretty sure if I remember right, is him walking into the police station. Like, oh, that that was in there. No, the very openings, his dad, like, saying, like, you know, you'll have to forgive me. Like, I get very emotional when I talk about my son. And then they they ended with that as well. I thought that yeah. was. Mitch, did you watch this? What did you think about it? Yeah, I watched both parts. Um, I thought that they were really good. I think my score is going to end up being a four out of five as well. Um. I mean, I would to- totally agree with you guys in saying that that we didn't get enough of just like a solid. We didn't get a solid interview with Tiger. We just got that like last five minutes and stuff like that. So, and what he like, I, like I was trying to break down like what is this documentary really trying to show? Is it just trying to show like? tiger's life like what he had to deal with growing up as a kid or is it actually just trying to show like this man has overcome like adversity several different times and still plays golf at a high like skill level and i i honestly i don't know like because i don't know if i have like like him as a person i don't know if there's enough like information there to really understand who he is but to like see him as like a professional athlete a golfer like you kind of get the gist that like yeah he's been through a lot like whether it had been the divorce and the dui or whatever and he's had multiple surgeries like he played he won the u.s open or whatever with a broken leg like i thought like that stuff i didn't know that much about like i knew Growing up, I knew of Tiger Woods as being a golfer and being good, but I never was aware of how good he was on the golf course because uh, I never really watched golf growing up. It was just kind of like something that was on the TV at my grandparents' house or occasionally my dad would watch golf too. But uh, I never was – aware of the scope of how good he was. So I thought that was interesting in the documentary to like actually see like he won. He's the first and only person to win, I think four major championships in, in a, like a, in a year. year. Yeah. Yep. Which is really impressive. And then to just see like his comeback story, like as uh, in the documentary, I thought that was pretty well, well done. Um, and I, I don't know, like, it, it doesn't hit, like, a five out of five for me because I didn't feel as emotionally invested in him as a person. Like, I could see where he had some problems, but it was like he never – those problems stemmed from, you know, like, a lot of the stuff that he ended up doing was just kind of, like, passed down from his father, and it's like – Mm-hmm. If you start to notice that those tendencies, you can get like that necessary. You can like work on fixing that. Whereas he didn't necessarily do that. And he was like, grew up with like uh very little emotional connection, I feel like, or like not emotional connection. Maybe I'm looking for a different word, but like intelligence, like, like he's not very good at communicating, talking about yeah. his feelings. Yeah. I feel like it was uh, 
like it was just hard to like kind of relate to him in that sort of a sense, which I guess could uh, like, I guess I, I sympathize with him in that sense, but I don't necessarily like, I feel like he went down a path that he knew that he shouldn't have fucking done some of the dumb shit that he did. And he did it anyway, thinking that he was like, just like thinking that he was gone. Like thinking that he was untouchable. He did this shit anyway. And sure enough, doesn't get away with it, but I mean, it was good. It was a good uh, informational documentary about, uh, a lot of stuff that I didn't know about him in that sense. So I didn't know any of the stuff about his, like his legs or his like back surgeries and stuff. Like I had no idea. Like, I, I mean, the few clips that it showed of him taking the swing and then like dropping to his knee, oh. like, Oh God, like yeah. that's horrifying. And like, <laughs> the announcers say like, we know how high his pain tolerance is to so to see that he fell to his I think it was part two where it showed him like fall to his feet. Yeah, it was like, part two is mostly like the the downfall kind of stuff. And like and like the golf club falls too, so it like I was just like shit, like I didn't yeah. know any of this. And and I knew I kind of had like an emotional like first of all, one thing that made me laugh every time is the, like, actions that he would do after he won. Like, yeah. Sometimes he would, like, throw the putter up or whatever, and then sometimes he was just like... Yeah, like, yeah. Like, and, like, his, like, mouth just, like, extending out a foot. Just like, <laughs> yeah. Like, he... His celebrations are awesome. Like, yeah. And I hire Taylor Woods to just stand behind me, and whenever something good happens, him just be like... Yep. <laughs> but um can we talk about his dad for a second? Dude, his dad is just is, like is it, you... is it overstepping for me to say that his dad, while if 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 it wasn't for his dad, we probably wouldn't have the Tiger Woods we have today. Definitely and not. Could, and that could go in a good argument and a bad argument. Is mm-hmm. it is it too much to say that his dad is really fucking manipulative and really controlling and very just kind of caused a lot of Tiger's personal issues. Yeah, that's like 100% true. I don't think it's overstepping at all to say that. I I was watching and just kind of in shock, like, okay, like when he first gets famous and his dad going to all of his business meetings with him, like, yeah, I'd probably ask my dad to come along to that too in case I – they're trying to sign me up for some bullshit that I'm not reading in the contract. Like, but to the extent that his dad was like just present for everything, like, and like telling him he couldn't go do this or couldn't go do that. Like it almost came off. I wish there was a movie. It's almost like on the tip of my tongue where like the parent is in control of the child's success. Like, yeah, that way. So there's like that, and then there's also just like you know I'd, I've played like very little golf, but I know it's a lot about like the etiquette of it. And his dad just like blatantly breaking that to like literally play mind games with his son to make him like a better player. That like that says it all right there. It's just crazy, and it's like it worked. If you watch just the first half of the documentary, you're like, oh, it works, and you know means to an end. But then if you watch the whole thing, you're like. Oh, so it worked for a while, and then you know, he yeah. uh, he just wanted those Perkins waitresses. Like the fact that like his dad would like just like walk in front of him when he's trying to make a putt, and like like tip his hat back when he's trying to make a putt, and he's like, you know, when you're out there on the golf course, you're going to get called the N word. So when you start putting, I'm just going to start shouting the N word at you. So yeah, like, it's like. No offense, but like no one's doing that. <laughs> Nobody's yelling the N word at Tiger Woods when he's trying to sink a putt. I mean, not yelling it, but they were saying like at tournaments, like they would hear that, like this first time at the Masters or whatever. Sure. I think it was uh, one of the people interviewing say you could hear like murmurs of it, like throughout the crowd. And I thought that angle taken of it, specifically like taking aim at, like at the Masters for 
like basically their first like the first like golfer of color i won't say black because i'm also not going to say cablasian like he called it <laughs> calls himself uh is it i have a i have a problem with one other person in the documentary and it okay. wasn't one of the people that they interviewed it was the it was the master's douchebag yeah that held the conference before he came back and said this is unprecedented this athlete has caused us such great disappointment like just shame honestly, him who the fuck are you? Yeah. Like grown man. Yeah. Like that the fact they compared it to like a public whipping. Like yeah. that's exactly what that was. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, I was pissed at my TV when that dude was like giving his press conference. I was like, fuck that guy, dude. Yep. Uh that's like the equivalent what? of any other like that's like the equivalent of like uh well, no, I'm not even gonna make. I'm not even gonna make that that statement. But it'd be like, uh, like it just, it, God damn it! <laughs> it was that was like completely unnecessary. It yeah, was, it was completely uh, unnecessary, and yeah. and yet it still happened. And then that, sure enough, like I remember that happening because that happened before that happened, like. That was one of the more recent uh, events. Yeah, Yeah, it was like a few years ago. Well, now that it's 2021, more like closer to 10 years ago. 10 years ago, yeah. But But it wasn't wasn't the one he won, you know, two years ago or whatever. It was was his first one back after the divorce. That's right. 2017, was it his his triumphant return or was it like his – He got fourth the year like he was like publicly shamed. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But can we uh, just give our favorite, like, interviewee for it? I think my favorite uh, king. Who who was that one more time, Matt? I, I lost you for a split second. Matt. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, his <laughs> old caddy. Yeah, that was my my favorite too. Yeah, shit, that yeah. was mine. Yeah. I felt that was I felt so bad for that guy when they were talking about how they like how Tiger like fired him. I was like, yeah. you got to shitting me, man. That's a shitty way to go out and then like he just cuz he had been with Tiger for like the longest time. Yep. And he was like a part of all of Tiger's celebrations. Like Tiger would do his like victory pose or whatever, and then he would run over to the caddy and like give him the fattest hug. Like, yeah, you could tell they were they were homies. And then after he fired him, it was like cutting it off cold turkey. And Tiger like hasn't spoken to him. Yeah, that like that strikes me very much as like post um, rehab like addict behavior. Like once, you know, just aspects of your old life or whatever, even if they're not directly like encouraging that, like, I don't know. I I feel like that that's where that sort of cutting out kind of comes from. I can't like, yeah, it almost just like, he was like, all right, out with the old in with the new, like, even, even if it wasn't negative, like I'm going to get rid of everything from my previous life. Yep. Well, damn. Feel like feel like we could go on about Tiger for a while, but um, definitely. But good to know that we all enjoyed it. I mean, I, I watching it, I was like, this is a good documentary. None of us are going to hate it. Like, no, it's, it was real good, real well it done. A, it wasn't a generic documentary. It wasn't going to get a three out of five. It was. Plus, it was just cool seeing him. I like how they literally started from like the second he picked up a golf club and ended it with his triumphant return to the Masters. Like. Like his tiger's arc is is incredibly weird. It's like it's like stocks. Like just look at a stock chart. Chances are that's uh that's what tiger's um that's what tiger's uh shit is is like. But we can cap off this episode with our uh, with our reviews for the. Uh, I'm not sure if you heard there was this uh, a new show started up on Disney Plus. Uh, last weekend. It's called WandaVision. And uh, WandaVision is the first series to air on Disney Plus 
for the MCU. Kind of weird that this is the first one to start it off, but uh, Marvel's got a, a plan. So I'm just going to take a step back and not judge them on why this is the first series we got. But they uh, they should have brought back Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that one's going to strike as hard with the fans. Did you, ever, <laughs> did you ever watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Matt? I watched like the first half of the first season. It was very okay. It struck me a lot like um, like Arrow and The Flash and the other like CW superhero shows. I liked those shows, but like this one just came off as like they were like, all right, let's make CSI – with superheroes yeah yeah (laughs) let's have csi take place in a world where superheroes exist and we're only going to make like references like man that book is as heavy as thor's hammer like yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but instead we get wandavision mitch did you watch the first two epis what did you think about them what are your thoughts going forward for wandavision like what What's what are we unpacking here? Um, well, uh, I did watch both episodes. Uh, they were both really good. A little bit different from what I was expecting, but um, I liked the style that they were going, uh, like that they were going for, like this weird fifties. 50s or 60s sitcom style of show um like i guess i immediately just started thinking like oh this is like we're in the dang twilight zone right now yep. like none of this it, like i started to like think about like why they were making it this way and it's kind of like i could unpackage like the whole idea that you know it's all just this fever dream that Wanda is like thinking of, but I mean, like for taking it as it was like, um, it was really, really cool. It was different. I don't think many people were expecting necessarily this style of, uh, of a show. Um, I'm trying to think of how, cause I watched these on, uh, on Saturday. I watched them on Saturday and like specifics in the episodes. Um, shit. Yeah. While, while you like think it was of, just very, I don't know. Yeah. I was going to say what, why, while you think of specifics, I'll, I'll throw it over to Matt and see what Matt thought as well. Yeah, so I think it was really smart for them to release these first two episodes together. I think if it was just the first one, um, which was pretty much just like a, a parody of like an Isle of Lucy or like Leave it to Beaver, like single camera, um, really old school sitcom. But then the next episode, the the cinematography was a lot more dynamic and like there was kind of this weird color effect like sort of permeating through almost like they were um, like something with the transmission changing and some more of like the, um, I don't know, out of, out of place elements were, were there. So I think it was a really good tease um, for um, sort of what's to come. And there was a little bit of reference to what all is happening. Like there was a, a guy watching it with a notebook and then there was some weird beekeeper <laughs> Uh, out of nowhere, crawling out of the sewer. So, yeah, like Mitch was saying, it's it's hard to know how exactly this takes place, but I'm definitely thinking it's some kind of dream within Wanda's mind. Because if you think about, like, her her powers in, like, the movies proper, they're, they're a little bit different than what they're shown here. She's definitely, like, able to just kind of conjure more stuff out of nothing here than she's in the movies. In the movies, you can just kind of manipulate what's already there. Um, I don't know, man. Yeah, I liked it. I like that it's weird. I like that um, it is different than than what all we've seen, like in the MCU. I think it's a really good um, diversity thing, and they're just both two like great performers. Um, so seeing more of them in in a little bit different of a setting is is definitely um, interesting. Logan, what what you got that that we haven't said already? 
Yeah, well, first of all, let me just say, so you know how the dude's notepad or whatever, he's taking notes or whatever while he's watching, and he's got a really cool piece of equipment? Mm-hmm. He, he oh, the roadcaster? This is the roadcaster he had next to him when he was taking notes. <laughs> I was just like, oh, That's shit. Cool. Um, but, yeah, I I completely agree. I, I think this is maybe a Twilight Zone type thing where – some of it's real, some of it's not. Like, I did some research, and this does take place after uh, eight, uh, Avengers Endgame. So, this is not a prequel. This is not anything. This is after Endgame. So, hmm. so if we think about it, Wanda really hasn't had time to mourn the loss of Vision. Uh, so, five years. Or five seconds. Oh, because I forgot she got snapped she was, away. Yeah. She was snapped away. So nothing. Yep. Yeah. So no time passed for her. Um, so her only time of mourning was you took everything from <laughs> uh, to Thanos. Um, which can I, I just know say, who you are. She's the greatest female Avenger. I'll put it out there. I love her. I love her character. I love her arc. I love the fact that they dropped the Russian accent after Age of Ultron. Thank God. Um, but yeah, uh, and I really like Paul Bettany as Vision. Like he's a really solid actor, and he does a really good job playing Vision. Like he makes me feel like he really enjoys playing Vision. Um, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's very weird. It's kind of early. On. It's almost like too early on for us to even like give thoughts because like I don't know what to think because the first episode was almost entirely sitcom. And then like the second episode had sitcom, like it still had the laugh track in the background, but then like you said, like it had the couple scenes where it was definitely like filming their lives where like, you know, where they go outside to investigate the noise and you see the beekeeper. Um, A couple people said online that they spotted the Hydra logo in the commercial, yeah, for because in the there was like a the commercial in the first episode was for like a Stark Industries toaster or whatever, and then the commercial in the second episode, the watch has like the Hydra logo on it. So people were saying that a fun fact for you about the guy taking notes on the notepad. The guy taking notes on the notepad, that logo with like the sword through the the oval i did some research and that's actually like the logo for it's like shield it's like an undercover shield agency or something oh but it's sword right yes it's called sword and it's yep. a shield agency or a shield division yeah so it almost sounds like because if it is a figment of wanda's imagination how's there a dude watching it on tv does he oh does he have Wanda hooked up to some kind of machine and he's just watching her thoughts play out? That's what I'm thinking. Did he That's, just yeah. did he hit up Jim Carrey from Batman Returns and get the mind-reading <laughs> machine? <laughs> <laughs> that just popped into my head just now. That's great. Very random. Very random. It was Jim Carrey's birthday the other day. Shout out to Jim Carrey. He turned 60, I believe. 59, 59. Wow. Shouts to Harry. Uh, or sorry, shouts to Lloyd. What the fuck am I? Um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, I really just am curious, man. First of all, Marvel seven minutes of credits. You're taking seven minutes out of the runtime. I thought the Mandalorian was bad with the last five minutes of the credits. Dude, the first episode was like triple credits. <laughs> there was like the credits for like the the innermost layer. There were credits for like the outermost. And then it was like another layer of credits. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, like, well, Mark, really? What's the deal? <laughs> What's the deal? What the <laughs> I heard uh, um, that the first couple episodes runtime is around 25, 30 minutes ish. However, the next few and the rest are like 40 ish minutes a piece. Um, that these were kind of like dipping your toes in, kind of yeah. getting your like your feet wet essentially on WandaVision. 
So I don't what I'm hearing with that is like the show length stays the same. They're just going to add more credits on the end of it. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know what to expect. Half I credits. Know. I I think. Uh, I I think that's probably the greatest option. What you both said, like <laughs> it's a Twilight Zone, and it's Wanda's thoughts being played out to somebody. I mean, clearly she's going to wake up and know that Vision's still dead, and go on a rampage, and that's kind of how they're saying that WandaVision and Doctor Strange, uh, the Doctor Strange sequel goes hand-in-hand with WandaVision, and the Doctor Strange sequel is called The Multiverse of Madness. That makes sense. The rumors that Wanda will be the villain in Doctor Strange 2 because she goes power crazy and she just fucking tips over the uh, tipping point or something. So, fuck, I don't know, dude. I don't know what to expect. We'll see. It's it's very much so not like Mandalorian because Mandalorian is set in a real universe where things are happening and we can say, oh, we can predict that that's going to happen next week. I have no idea where they're going. No nope. idea. And, but it yeah. feels good. I think you guys can agree with me that it hit different to see that Marvel Comics logo at the beginning after not seeing it all of 2020. Dude, that was sick. That was nice. It was nice. And I like how that it faded and kind of went to black and white. I was like, oof. Yep. No. Right. I also like that the uh the like title sequence was a little bit different both both episodes we saw. I hope they continue to parody different uh classic TV. Yeah. You can tell that they had a lot of fun with this. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's like the most like pure comedic, at least for you know. Most of it, the most comedy I feel like they've tried to like do at once with uh with this with the MCU. I'm getting attacked on uh, Instagram currently because uh, shout out to the Instagram and shout out to Emily. But tonight's Instagram post was a review of uh, Marvin's Room, classic Drake album. To which do you, you mean? Gave- do you mean Take Care? Oh fuck, not Marvin's Room. <laughs> take care. Sorry. Take care. <laughs> Is that why you're getting flamed? No, I'm about to. (laughs) But uh, the fact that you two gave it five stars and I gave it four. Uh, People are coming at me in the comments and sliding up on my story saying only four stars. Bro, four stars is a fucking good album, okay? (laughs) You've clearly never, like, been sad and sat in your room by yourself when it's cold outside and listened to Take Care front to back. (laughs) And it shows. (laughs) So, whatever. Check out our Instagram. That's a great transition. We'll be at you guys next week with the next episode of WandaVision, as well as, uh, I don't know, whatever happens next week. Yeah. Um, was wanting to ask you guys, there was a documentary series that came out on Netflix over the past couple weeks, and it's about a serial killer or something. It's like four episodes. I forget what it's called, but might be worth checking out or looking into. But we don't have the people to hear that. Guys, <laughs> follow us on Instagram, Binge Boys Podcast. Rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts. And uh, keep an eye out for The Exchange. Come in yeah. on this Friday. Season 2 begins this Friday with a great episode. Interviewing some great people. The two ladies from the Creeps and Crimes Podcast. If you like conspiracy theories and murder mysteries, go give them a listen. And uh, I think on Thursday we got, uh, I think we got the run through coming out with Shrek. Yeah, this Thursday we got the run through for Shrek that releases with Emily and Megan. And Wednesday bonus episode. You're getting three binge boys episodes <laughs> this week. How about that? This week, this week we got a special edition author interview. I did one a couple weeks back, interviewing uh, a friend of mine's. Uh, a friend of mine, her name Beverly, she has a publishing company called Inkwell, and they uh, they work with authors because they're a publishing company. Duh. Um, <laughs> rambling. And uh, I interviewed uh, her brother, who is also an author, about a really awesome uh, story. So check that out on Wednesday. Check out Shrek on Thursday. Check out The Exchange Friday. That's your programming for the week. That was Binge Boys 165. You guys have a good day. Bye, Matt. Bye, Mitch. Bye, Logan. Bye, Mitch. See ya. Peace. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> so
<laughs> I thought you were going to continue the bye, Logan. Bye, Matt. <laughs> Wait, no. Bye, well, bye, Logan. Bye, Matt. <laughs> bye, Logan. Bye, Matt. Bye, Asokatano. <laughs> more ways to celebrate than ever before at the Jeep Celebration event. Hurry in for great deals today on the only brand that lets you go anywhere and do anything. And now, returning FCA lessees get $2,000 combined bonus cash plus $500 Jeep Celebration bonus cash on the purchase of a 2021 Jeep Grand Cherokee L Limited. Lessee is solely responsible for early lease termination payments, fees, costs, and penalties. Current lease must end by 4-3-2023. Residency restrictions apply. Must take retail delivery from dealer stock by 3-31-2022. Jeep is a registered trademark. Progressive presents Forest Metaphors about bundling your home and auto. In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals, and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals, and that's more than three. It's basic math. Forest Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations.